I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. I think Luka and KP, man, they have a really bright future. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Are you hyped? I'm kind of like low-key hyped. The Buck Brother, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? You're hyped after that loss? That winnable uh, game. Winnable uh, it, national it, TV game. It was winnable, but I didn't I didn't turn off my TV pissed off at this game. It was winnable, but there was no reason for us to be in this game. No reason at all. No reason for this to even be a matchup when you're losing five players who are part of your rotation. <laughs> and that's not just like an excuse, but five players who are in your top eight and then three of those guys are your, your best three defenders on the team. So I I just really encourage walking out of this game. Not even that. Just the way that they played, the Bucks should be embarrassed. <laughs> they, even if they, they won, yeah. the Mavericks were in this game. They should have blown it out and got some rest. So obviously on today's postgame show, breaking down the Mavericks, 109 to 112 loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Got to start with the, 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 the initial... You know, thoughts and the initial uh, takeaways. So Mavericks still missing Josh Richardson, Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleba, Dwight Powell, and Jalen Brunson. So yeah, five rotation players, five at least of their top nine, maybe top ten, yeah. right? Uh, that's pretty wild to be missing half of your rotation, basically, and three of your best defenders. Porzingis played 30 minutes in this game. We'll get to that. There's a very interesting wrinkle about Luke, about Porzingis' 30 minutes that we'll get to uh, that he said after the game. Luca. Had some ups and downs in this game, and uh, yeah, the Mavericks can't guard Giannis, but Giannis allowed the line to guard him. <laughs> Giannis, Giannis um, gave the Mavs an easy out in some in some instances. So, what's your immediate takeaway from this loss? You, you seem you seem encouraged by it. You're taking a moral victory. Are we doing moral victories now on this pod? I am. I mean, I'm, I know I just lost some of you when you're like, wow, I don't even listen to this podcast. If it's a loss and he's excited about it. Oh, they don't even get to hear uh, your interpretation of what you, what they sound like to you. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, coming up next, Locked On Andre Drummond. <laughs> We're here for your uh, takes. Now, that my whole thing with this is, you know, without those five guys, you go against the Bucks, who are number one in the league you know, in offense, number seven in defense. They're one of the best teams in the league and at their house. Yeah. And it just felt like this whole game, Milwaukee should be winning way more than what they, what they were. And Dallas just kept lingering and lingering around. And just to see that second unit, I mean, I thought <laughs> I low key thought Rick was throwing in the towel in the second quarter <laughs> and, and it's no shot. I like, I love <laughs> I wrote a huge long piece about Tyrell Terry. So, but just the fact that he's just hasn't been playing at all. He hadn't been cracking the rotation and all of a sudden he's getting big minutes. It's him and Josh green and Iwandu and these guys who are having to play and they held their ground. And we had some cool moments from Ty Terry in this game. We saw Josh green, even though I think it was like kind of a little bit too much. You know, when you eat that, that fast food restaurant, that nude place that opens up in town, and you're like, dang, this is good. And you have it. And then like a few days later, you're like, all right, I'm going to go get it again. And then you have it like a third time in a matter of like a week and a half span. You're like, all right, this isn't that like good at this point. You kind of overdid it. 
I think Josh Green kind of overdid it a little bit, but you get past the week. This is not related to Josh Green, but you get past the week and a half where they're like really tightening up and they're like, all right, we're going to make this sandwich or whatever really, really good. Yeah. You get past that area or like that timeline. And then all of a sudden you're, (laughs) yeah, you're getting the seconds like the, we'll just throw this together. That, yeah, that, that was uh, Josh Green a little bit for me in this game. His energy is a lot of, a lot of fun, but. I just yeah, I, I just thought that this this team fought. I thought they they played uh, pretty good defense. You know, I, I thought yeah, I I thought KP looked fine. Uh, I think he you know he forced a little bit, but he's still getting back into his groove. And I, I didn't think I don't I'm not about to say or blame this on the refs at all. But I thought the refs were kind of inconsistent in this game a little bit. <laughs> there was some weird they would let some stuff go but then some stuff i don't know it was this weird like Giannis's all fourth foul right was which was another thing like Giannis got in foul trouble which helped the Mavs for sure but Giannis's fourth foul he he just like sort of grabbed luca's arm a little bit maybe from like across the way I, it was kind of a cheap foul to me to be giving a guy his, his fourth foul but i specifically noticed that one because i was like if they're gonna give a foul for that luca should have had 20 free throws in this game. I mean, there's just certain things that don't really make any sense in this game. So the Mavericks defense, you mentioned it. They did hold the Bucks to 114.3 points per 100 possession, according to Cleaning the Glass, which is four points per possession off their normal. <laughs> Still a really, really good pace. But the Mavericks yeah. were able to keep up with them offensively. The Mavericks offense really kind of came alive in this game. And Tim Hardaway Jr., man, he started off not that great, didn't look – didn't look great shooting the ball to start, but finished with 22 points. And if Porzingis had only hit a couple more shots, this is a different game. He had 15 points. Luca had 28 points. We're back to now with this lineup. Now that there's no Richardson, no Maxi, no Dorian, it's like it's the same as last year. Okay, who's the third guy that can get 20? And Porzingis couldn't be that third guy to get 20, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll just look at the first half. You know, KP was two of 11 in the first half. Uh, KP and Hardaway together were two of 10 from three. They just didn't, they couldn't get an offensive groove going. And I mean, and rightfully so. I mean, I get it. The Bucks team, that's a top seven defense in the league. They were a top five defense last year in the league. So they're really good defensively too. So uh, yeah, I mean, I don't even know where you want to start. I mean, can we talk about James Johnson? I feel like I just have an evergreen segment on James Johnson. Ever <laughs> you pod, love bringing but. up James Johnson in the first segment. No, we're not going to James Johnson in the first segment. Uh, so Luca, I mean, the whole, the big story of this game was after, you know, at the end of the game, 40 seconds left, Luca gets a rebound off of a Bucks miss. The Mavericks are, you know, what are they down two or down three? And you, uh, you have the clip. I know I have it, but. We just make, watched the clip together. It, stop. It'll make sound if I put As up. friends. <laughs> the uh, So the Mavericks get the ball. They're down two, 109-107. And they bring the ball up. Luca has the ball. He kind of they, – they run a play. Burke gets a, a three at the top of the key. And it was a decent shot. DiVincenzo was kind of recovering and got there. Burke missed it. Willie Colley-Stein gets this long rebound that comes out. And then he just freezes. Doesn't look like he, know, he knew – what to do? Like, oh, what? I got the ball. What do I do? I got a rebound. What do I do with this now? Clutch, which, clutch. which was fine. Which was fine. I thought. I mean, he could have pulled like a drum and, and just like tried to shoot it or just went, you know, went to the basket with it and lost it, and then we all would have freaked out. But yeah. he just kept. I actually liked his decision that moment. He grabbed the board. He stopped. He looked around. He's like, let me get it to somebody else. He waited. He was patient. Then he he hands it off to Burke, who then goes baseline, 
kicks it back out to Porzingis, who's been who's being guarded by Giannis. Porzingis takes this like 30-foot three and completely misses it. Wes Iwandu, God love him. He thought both of those shots were going in for sure. He was doing the full hands up threes, like not the Dirk way, but the, you know, the thumb and first finger three, and then like the leg up, the crane. It was like he was all into it. But Porzingis misses the shot, and Luca gets all frustrated. He's and he's looking at he's not looking at Porzingis. He's looking at Carlisle, and he's like, "Why did you not call a timeout?" And watching Luca during that play, he just kind of sat and watched it. He wasn't calling for the ball. He wasn't calling for a timeout. I I kind of think he was just waiting for a timeout. And was surprised they didn't get one, and then was acting like a decoy. It was kind of weird to me the way that that Luca reacted at the end. Maybe he froze. I'm just, I'm just not sure exactly what to take from that. Well, I think it, it was going back to that moment that Willie got the rebound. That was the moment. It was that moment that Willie gets it. He turns around. It's the offensive board. The shot clock resets to 14, and they had a timeout. And it's like that was the decision moment right there. Rick had a decision. Yeah. Do you call the timeout? You reset everything. You have a play, but you also let Milwaukee, who's a really good defense, set mm-hmm. up their own defensive sets too. He chose no. He's he chose to let it play out and let them do their thing. They obviously missed the shot, but that was a decision he made. We know why he made it. He talked about it after the game. And maybe coming up after the break, we can hear Rick actually explain why he made that decision. All right, Isaac, you mentioned before the Mavericks didn't call a timeout. Carlisle didn't call a timeout after Willie Collystein got that rebound. It was uh it was definitely you definitely could have taken a, 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 a timeout right there. You had 19 seconds when he got the ball, and Carlisle like doesn't even flinch. He doesn't even flinch on the sidelines. His arms folded. He's looking. Luca's kind of calling for the ball then, and then he hands it off to Burke, and then it's just like go time. So this is what Carlisle had to say post game about why he didn't call a timeout and why he just decided to you know to let it go. Yeah, I just I like the ball in his hands and the defense not being set. Um, we got one great look at a three from Burke at the top, and then we got an offensive rebound, and and KP got a, got a look. So we got two good looks, um, and you always want to save your timeout if you can. So, um, you know, that's that's the reason. And, um, you know, it, it's very difficult to call a timeout and go against uh, a Milwaukee set defense out of the timeout. Um, so I, I think in those situations – if you can put the ball in your best player's hands, um, you'll get better opportunities. And I thought we got two good ones. So there's two things there, right? One, I agree with him that you don't want to go against a set Bucks defense, right? You don't want to let Giannis and Brooke Lopez and Middleton and Drew Holiday and Dante get set up. That's a devastating defensive lineup right there, right? They're seventh in the NBA so far, and their bench is terrible. So they're doing something right. You don't want to get you don't want to let that that team get set for sure. The other thing is I don't know if those are two great shots. The Porzingis one, he hadn't played. He he's, he he played the most minutes he's played since coming back. They stretched his minutes. We'll talk about that in a minute. There's something weird about that we'll get to. But stretched his minutes, and that last shot wasn't a good one. And then the Burke one was like an okay shot. I didn't think it was a good shot. Maybe that's just the coach trying to put confidence into his guys and saying that afterwards. But the other part of it that I don't understand, maybe there's three parts to this. The other part that I don't understand is, the, putting the ball in Luca's hands. I guess initially he gets the rebound and brings the ball up, and it's about you know 40, 30 seconds left. He could have called a timeout there. 
but it's the after the offensive rebound, right? That's the part I don't understand where I don't think he answered that question why he didn't call a timeout there. Yeah, I think he took that question, whether on purpose or not on purpose, uh, <laughs> as just like the whole possession. And by saying I want the ball in you know, the best player's hand, you know, in Luca's hands, basically. And uh, but yeah, I think all of us are wondering, you know, it it's the moment in which Willie gets the board. So like that's the that's the moment. And it never touched Luca's hands after that. And that might have been why Luca was a little upset. I have ESPN in the background, and it, they just flashed up a graphic. Andre Drummond has more 2020 games than Moses Malone and Charles Barkley. Oh, my gosh. In a career. Somebody was listening to the podcast just for that, that stat nugget right there. But I also want to say this. Like, you know, so, so somebody tweeted at me after the game, and, you know, I tweeted out what Rick just said in the audio clip. And, you know, fans are really upset and after loss. I get it. Yeah. But it was like Rick's dodging the question. This is a cop out answer. I'm like, no, no, no. This isn't a cop out answer. Rick didn't dodge the question. He's telling you why he made the decision. He made the decision of we're just going to let it play out. I'm not going to stop the game and let everybody get set and all of that. I'm just going to let it play out. Sometimes we see this happen all the time in basketball games. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it's after a made basket on the other end and fan bases are freaking out saying, call a timeout. No, no. And he just, and other teams are like, just go, go, go. Because you don't want the team to get set. Rick made that split decision. This wasn't a, like, I kind of would get it if it was coming out of a timeout and they've been in a huddle for a couple minutes and it was a play call. And we're all debating today saying, why did they draw up a play for Josh Green in the corner or something like that? <laughs> like, if that was the thing, I would get it. But in a split second after offensive rebound, he made the decision. It obviously didn't work out because the shots didn't go in. KP shot didn't go in. But that's just something you just got to live with. He explained it. He told you why he made the decision. And there you go. So I don't understand the Rick criticism after this when he told you why he made the decision. Well, they're taking the the Nick Fury approach, right? Like I recognize the decision made and the reasoning of the decision made by the council or by the coach, but given that it's a stupid ass decision, I'm gonna I'm gonna ignore it, right? Like, that, that wasn't a stupid decision though. But I, I don't yeah. hindsight, it didn't work. So then people are like, Oh, it's a stupid decision, right? I think he probably should have taken it, but I get the idea of not you know, they, they should have done something else. He sh- they should have Got the ball to Luca, basically, is this the answer. Yeah. Berg, Willie should have tried to get the ball better to Luca. Hats off to Drew Holiday for having good, you know, like deny defense on Luca there. So that's the, that was the end of the play. That's how it kind of happened. After the game, um, Luca said it's coach's decision, but if we would have made the shot, everything would have been good, which I thought was hilarious. And it's part of the game, man. If you make that shot, everything changes and everything's fine. You missed the shot, all of a sudden it's an indictment on everything in the team and, and all this. So we made some Andre Drummond jokes already. The rebounding is frustrating, for sure. The rebounding numbers, though, I mean, they finished with... Uh, the rebounding numbers did not finish with, like, as close as everyone thinks that they were. So, I think these numbers actually have changed. Uh, Mavericks had 51 rebounds total. Yeah. And the Bucks had 57 rebounds. Offensive rebounds, the Mavericks had 11, and the Bucks had 16. So it wasn't like the Lakers game, right? This wasn't the Lakers no. game. They just got completely destroyed on the boards. Second chance points, there's a little bit of discrepancy there for sure. But the like the rebounding thing, I, I don't know. The Mavericks weren't that far off. They're, they're one or two Bobby Portis against the bench unit moments away from being tied in rebounds. That one possession. <laughs> right, that one where he got two or three offensive rebounds in a row, which is just bad effort on the Mavericks. If anybody had any more effort in that play, it would have been different. But 
you know, that's they're scared that's, of getting punched by Bobby. <laughs> they're not on his team, so you know, they're 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 free there. It's, it's the difference between a team that can win in the playoffs and a team that you know is gonna, just going to get to the playoffs, right? It's that effort. It's those kind of plays, and so you have to bring that every night. However, still missing five rotation players. I mean, yeah. some of that has to be energy too. Uh, Luca played 35 minutes in this game. Tim Hardaway played almost 37 minutes in this game. Porzingis, we got to get to this. Porzingis played 29 minutes after playing just, what, 22 his first game? So it was longer than expected. After the game, Porzingis said he didn't know he was going to play this many minutes, and he said he wished he would have known he was going to play this many minutes before the game because then he wouldn't have rushed so many shots, which raised some red flags for me. I don't know if you're going to comment on this because of the you know the Mavs connection, but I'm going to get to it. You can, you can take this. I'm going to take this. So – Porzingis didn't know he was going to play more minutes, which sometimes happens, right? You, you get into a moment, and the Mavericks were in a winnable game that they could have pulled off, and they needed some extra time for Porzingis because if not, they're going to put Boban out there, and Boban looked terrible in the four minutes he, he played like, defensively. They were just eating him alive there. And so you're not going to put Boban in, and you don't have any other centers. It was just Willie Colley-Stein, and that was it because Maxi is out, Dwight is out. And so they're limited. They're shorthanded. They need a little bit more from Porzingis. So – they keep him in the fourth quarter. Like last game, they didn't have to play him in the fourth quarter, so they didn't. This game, they played him, and they played him at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And I thought when he went out with seven minutes, that was going to be it. And he still played a lot of minutes there. But then he comes back in with a couple minutes left. Clutch game, second game back, all that. Him not to be ready, I'm not super surprised. But the fact that he didn't know that he was going to play more minutes is wild to me. The miscommunication between coach and player, and I guess players always have to show up ready, but the fact that Porzingis would change the way he plays based on how many minutes he was going to play is very weird to me and strange, right? Doesn't that come off to you as weird that he would change the way he plays based on how many minutes he was going to get? That, to me, is just not playing like letting the game come to you or or playing your game, right? You're, you're, You're changing your game based on how many minutes you're going to get right like that just seems it well, seems kinda, it, it seems stat patty to me right like is there any other way to put it well he kind of alluded that uh you know the other day you know too in that first game back of you know getting up shots he, he put up a bunch of shots at the end of his <laughs> minutes restriction that he knew he knew it was going to be the end all of right, his let me take restri- my angle to it nick all right um, go for it go for it for the mavericks team to be the best you're team so soft-spoken right now i'm not ready for this for the Mavericks team to be, be the best Mavericks. best team that they can be, they're going to need KP to be back to normal KP. And the best way for KP to be back to normal KP is for him to get a shot and get a shot back in the groove and everything. So you, keep on shooting it, and he's got to just get the rhythm going. He did mention his rhythm, and I think this was – uh, you know, kind of on him come that whole sequence of him coming back at the end of the game. I did find that weird. I made that a note before even all the post game media session that, you know, when he checked out with seven or eight minutes to go in the fourth, you know, that was pretty much it for KP. It's like, if KP's not going to be in there with three or four minutes to go in a game that's under, you know, 10, then he's probably not going to be in there for the rest of the game. It's like, all right, he hit his minute restriction to take him when he probably thought he was out for the rest of the game and then throw him in there with the last two minutes. Yeah. I get it. Like you need to be ready, but I know that probably threw him off a little bit. And he brought up the word rhythm in that shot, that last shot that he took. He answered a question from Brad and he said, Hey, it was a good look, 
we can all debate that, whatever. But he said that was a good look. He's like, but I just wasn't in the rhythm. He said, you know, Giannis, he said, you know, the defender was running at him. And that's the rhythm that he's he's trying to get back into his groove. So I think that will just come with time. He wasn't in the rhythm earlier in the game. I mean, he went six of 19 in this game, two of seven from three. So if he didn't have it earlier, maybe throwing him off his rhythm could have helped because he didn't, he definitely didn't have it earlier. So yeah, that whole sequence was so was very interesting. And uh, I wonder if some of this not being able to practice, having to do zooms and all this and not being able to be, be together, the practice facility is closed for the Mavs and on the road and who knows what they're able to do in Milwaukee. If that is changing some of the communication lines that they're nor- that they're used to, like these teams and especially this organization, Carlisle and these coaches, they've been together for you know some of them a while. Carlisle's been in this organization over a decade, right? So he's had he's done a certain certain things certain ways, and now all of a sudden this season comes around and it just changes everything. Changes the way that you communicate, the times you can communicate, the amount you can Im- communicate, the you know, the one-on-ones, maybe he has to schedule certain one-on-ones with guys where he would normally just pull them over and, and sidle next to him next to, you know, after a practice or something and tell him something like this. So I wonder if some of that is affecting some of this. And we've seen some some weird coaching stuff so far in the rest of the league, but that, that's kind of my theory is that there's something that happened there. Or Carlisle wasn't ever going to tell him and just decided to go with it and Porzingis wasn't ready for it. So I don't know. It's ve- it, was ve- it was very strange. But uh, coming up, let's get into the stuff you want to talk about. James Johnson. We'll talk mm. about um, Willie Colley Stein. We'll talk about Weston Wandu getting another start. Luca. What is going on with Luca's threes and his free throws? We'll talk about that coming up. All right, Isaac Harris. James Johnson. Had a pretty good game. I love his minutes. I say this every time. Uh, you know, he played almost 30 minutes tonight, but I thought he was the. <laughs> I thought he defended. Giannis the best out of anybody on the floor tonight. You know, Mavericks threw Willie at Giannis early. This was not Willie's best game of the season, I would say. I would go out on a limb and say that. Uh, I thought Willie struggled, not just defending Giannis. <laughs> what about that Giannis dunk on Willie, though, in the, in the lane? That was impressive by Giannis. But, <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, I thought Willie kind of struggled in this game, you know, on the boards and stuff too. I mean, you're going against a front line of Giannis and Brooke Lopez, uh, but, um, but yeah, James Johnson. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought him with that second unit, him playing with Tyrell Terry and Josh green, he just continues to impress me. You look at plus minus tonight in third, almost 30 minutes of play. He was a plus 11 in this game. I know that doesn't tell you everything. I get that, but there were only a couple players tonight that weren't a negative. It was him at a plus 11. And then the next highest one was Tim Hardaway at a plus three. And then Tyrell Terry in four minutes at a plus one. It was like that one stretch, that one stretch where they came back and they they went on a run and, and eventually got the lead like in the fourth quarter. That was the that was the big run there. Yeah, I just I love how physical he is, you know, especially when you're playing somebody like Giannis. Foul him. I love that he fouled yeah. him. Go yep. for it. That's what you want. I mean, Giannis what, was one of 11 or something from the free throw line Throw him tonight. off his rhythm. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I think there could have been a bigger conversation of should there have been a hack of Giannis at some point tonight? Foul a freak. Do it. <laughs> Foul the freak. One of 10 from the free throw line. He looked scared to drive, which was yeah. wild. I don't understand that. Maybe he's tired. Maybe he's dealing with something. I don't know. But the fact that he was just taking these threes, too. He's two of five from three, but the last couple of shots in the clutch gave the Mavericks a chance, basically. 
foul the guy if he's gonna go, if he's yeah. gonna drive. Maybe well, he I mean, was maybe he was pulling a, like Alonzo and he was scared to drive because he can't hit free throws, right? I mean, uh, I, I mean, I think the free throw line was kind of a story on both sides. It was a story for Giannis, yeah, but it was, it, was, it was a story for the Mavericks too. You know, they were what six of thirteen. They only attempted thirteen free throws tonight. That and, seems ridiculous. The like as physical as that Bucks team is, the fact that they only got thirteen free throws is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, Luca missed four free throws tonight, and you know he's pissed about that. He's been, you know, right at what seventy-eight, eighty percent on the season so far. But yeah, I mean, Luca missed free throws, and you look at the threes. Luca missed six threes tonight. You know, that was a big thing. They only attempted thirty-six, and you know, they've been, you know, attempted last year. They attempted, I think, forty-one, forty-two uh, a game. So a little bit down on that, but it was just a weird. It was, a, it was a weird game. Some of these things aren't going to get better because start looking ahead at the Mavs' schedule, right? They don't play tomorrow, but or they don't play today on Saturday if you listen to this. But on Sunday, they play an afternoon game, like a brunch game. Yeah. And then they and then you know that Sunday, starting Sunday, they play seven game, five games in seven days, and they don't have two days off in a row until mid February. So for the next month, the Mavericks will play essentially every other day, and sometimes you know, every day with a couple back-to-backs there. I think they have four back-to-backs oh. in that stretch. I mean, it is... My wife's going to hate me. <laughs> it's, 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 it is, uh, it's going down for the Mavericks. So some of these things, the legs and all that, the rotation might have to open up, which opens it up to us to talk about Tyrell Terry got minutes in this game in the second yeah, quarter. Did. That was wild that Tyrell Terry was getting minutes all of a sudden. I, I double-looked. I was like, is that Ty Terry on, the, on, the, on my the TV? the beginning of the second quarter, like... Yeah, like with nine minutes or something, and so he got some minutes. Josh Green played almost nineteen minutes, and mm-hmm. so they're gonna have to open up this, you know, those rotation a little bit. I'm I'm expecting to see Bay and Hinton maybe a couple of times here and there. The NBA is them, talking yeah. right now of you know expanding the, the two way slots and giving teams another two way slot. So we'll see. John Clavell bring him back. Jiverson, let's go. <laughs> no, I, I think you know you're talking about the you know the upcoming schedule. You know, you tweeted this out. I, I think I quote tweeted you on this too of about just a rotation. The Mavericks have played, uh, you know, played eleven games. They're six and five, and we still haven't seen a game with the full rotation yet. No. We still haven't. No. I mean, KP's only been back two games. You know, you broke down. You had a tweet that I thought was really good about like the the five games that they've lost so far. Here's their and, five losses, right? And a lot of but like you could add to your tweet of putting like outside the first two losses, no KP, yeah, because you didn't have KP for those first what four losses. Yeah. So here's the five losses, and a lot of people say, "Oh, you guys are making excuses." We're just putting it into context, right? These no. losses are, yeah. are not as bad as they they seem. So, Suns lost. The Suns are seven and four. Lakers lost the Lakers bad Christmas day. Lakers are 10 and three. They're rolling over everybody right now. They might lose this, this, uh, actually they're up on the Pelicans right now, but that, that was, you know, crazy loss. They were without KP in both those games. Hornets game. Hornets are six and seven. That was a bad loss. That one, you know, that's, that's the game you should take. It doesn't make any sense. They lost. They're without KP, but still bulls lost. Bulls are four and eight, but they're without Luca and KP. If you're out without both your top two players, you throw that game out and you're like, you know, Coin flip. <laughs> Bulls about to get KP and Luke on Sunday. In a trade or <laughs> stop it. <laughs> then then this Bucks lost. The Bucks are nine and four, and the Mavericks are missing five rotation players. Those are the only five losses this season. Mavericks have still not played with their top 10, 11 rotation players at the same time. They've played with like nine of them or ten of them without KP, but they haven't played with all of them because of 
you know, COVID and all this. This is one of the reasons why people are putting asterisks next to this season is because you just, I mean, it's, what is this? What does this win count for the Bucks, right? It doesn't, yeah. doesn't really mean anything. You beat an undermanned Mavs team, and you should you should have you know you definitely should have won this game if you're the Bucks because they were. I mean, they're pretty they're pretty healthy, right? A lot of the yeah. other guys are and, playing, and, and it's another reason why I'm not sitting here getting all upset. Eleven games in the season because no. I'll start I'll start forming big opinions about this team when we start seeing wins and losses with the full rotation. Because, I mean, even you listen to national podcasts. I was just listening to what uh, Bill and Rasilla and those guys the other day on, on Bill's pod. And they're like, they just skipped over the Mavericks. And it was just like, oh, you know, Mavericks can't talk about them because Porzingis, you know, Porzingis ain't back. They don't got their guys. They just went on and talked about all these other yep. teams. That's how it is right now. Because the Mavericks, the best version of the Mavericks or the playoff Mavericks that we, you know, what we're hoping for it's going to be KP and Josh Richardson and Dorian and Luca and these guys. So we haven't even seen, we haven't even seen KP Luca and Josh Richardson play together. <laughs> yeah. So, the top three. Yeah. We haven't even seen that with Tim coming off the bench and Maxi and you know, all of this stuff. So that I got to see, you know, let me see a full rotation Mavs lose a couple two or three games and then you'll might you might get a different tone on, uh from me uh, on this podcast of like <laughs> well crap all right now we can see some bigger picture problems with roster and all of that stuff yeah yeah you're gonna have to wait for us till then so all right we'll be back on monday all right actually we'll be back sunday night breaking down the mavericks game against the bulls so another post game make sure you check back with us guys thanks so much for listening to lockdown maps boom boom